Hi, my name is Molly Schulte Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. In the fall of 2023, we have been exploring the makings of worship with our series Liturgy, a word that literally means the work of the people. Over the course of five weeks, we'll explore the purpose of worship, the space in which we worship and its evolution to today, the community that gathers to worship, the time we set aside to worship, and the theology and therapeutic effects of music to our community and our soul. time you sat for three minutes in silence because that wasn't actually three minutes that was actually two minutes and 45 seconds you thought I was going to say it was four minutes didn't you the truth is if we don't fill our time Sometimes we feel like we are wasting our time. Yesterday, when Cooper was down for his afternoon nap, I baked some breads and some brownies to take to some of our new neighbors. And even though my maternal and paternal grandparents will roll in their grave, I was using box mixes to create banana bread, pumpkin bread, and gluten-free brownies. Yeah. Don't, want, don't y'all want to become my neighbors now, knowing what you get when you go on my street? Ah. All of them, all of these asked for 350 degrees in the oven, but in varying time windows. And I was mixing one while waiting for another to sit, while mixing another one. So the banana bread had to go in for 40 minutes. The pumpkin bread had to go in for 55 minutes. The brownies had to go in for 35 to 42 minutes. Uh, But once they went in, the brownies did. The original breads in the oven had been in the oven for nine minutes. So originally they were set for 40 minutes. So I added four more minutes before I took those out. And then when the brownies came out, I had to set the timer again for 10 more minutes to let the breads finish. But then when I took that out, I realized the pumpkin bread was still gooey. So I set another 10 minutes. Then I actually had to set another five minutes until they were all sitting on my kitchen counter baked. Oh, we negotiate times often. It may not be what you're baking in the oven, but we we make that negotiation. I see you all about 1150, 1155, 1158. Is she going to make it today? Because heaven forbid the Methodists beat you to McAllister's after church. 
I know that if I can make it to the grocery store and back in one hour, I need to start my crock pot dinner before I go. And if I can get back in one hour, that means that I can start a load of clothes on soak cycle. So when I get back, they're not sitting in my washer for an extra 30 minutes before I put them in the dryer so I smell okay tomorrow. We are constantly negotiating minutes and hours and time, whether you are working or retired or a student whose life begins at the starting bell and ends at the last bell of the day, time is always on our minds, whether we know it or not. So I've realized as we've walked through the purpose of worship a few weeks ago, the place of worship a few weeks ago, the people who gather here we talked about last week, An obvious truth came to mind, even as I prepared for today, that every aspect of worship is intertwined. The purpose, the place, the people, the music, the time is all intertwined. I cannot talk about this place without talking about the people who are gathered here and how they are seated. We cannot talk about the people in a worshiping community without talking about the purpose of what we're doing here. We also can't talk about the time in worship without weaving a thread through the purpose and the place and the people and what we do here. So for one hour each week, we have an opportunity to step into a room with other people who have a like mind. Just one hour. Just one hour in one day, in a span of seven days, just just one hour, I hope and maybe even I expect that when we claim to be Jesus's followers, we claim that with enough oomph that we can give one hour of one day in the span of seven days to be here. If we're talking numbers, Rebecca, that means that we have 8,760 hours in the year. And in a community, your call to follow Christ is asking you to be here for 52 Sundays of the year, just for one hour. Are you ready for this? Do you want to know the percentage? It's a big one. That means your total time in a calendar year, this community asks you to join together to worship. Are you ready for this number? This community pleads that you be here. This community asks for 0.6% of your annual time. 0.6% of your annual time to spend an hour in this room each week. I want to know what else in your life you could do for 0.6% and you would actually be doing it well. I want to know what else in your life you could do for 0.6% and still name that as a priority in your life. I want to know Time out. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, a third of my life I spend sleeping. That's if you're one of those people who actually gets in eight hours of sleep a night, right? So if you're one of the crazies who is able to do that, we'll we'll cut the hours each day by eight. So still, percentage-wise, if you cut out the time you supposedly sleep each day, 
because surely you're not laying in bed on email or Facebook or TikTok. Let's cut that down. That means that there's 5,840 hours of wake time in your annual year. That means by the time you are looking at an hour of worship, that percentage of wake time you are giving to be here is a whopping, it goes up, 0.8%. We are asking for 0.8% of your wake time to be in this room. You could sit at home and read books and books and books, learning names that fill libraries and theology that still stumps us. You could have your name on a church roll. You can make t-shirts. You can share Facebook posts. You can listen to the music. You can boast of your baptism. You can talk about church people while not talking about church. You can serve on every committee. You can pray. You can pray with your Facebook status. You can pray with emoji prayer hands on other people's Facebook status. You can find infinite ways to substitute what we do here in this hour with stuff that looks like what we do here in this hour. But if we're looking at how we intertwine purpose and people and place and time and what we do in this room, you cannot possibly replace what we do in this 0.6% of your life elsewhere. Let me pause to say There are ways to experience God more than what happens in this room. To experience the presence of God. There are more ways than we can name. But since the beginning of time, God has asked God's people to sacrifice something meaningful intentionally to come together and remember who God is to you. Thousands of years ago, that sacrifice was a goat or a lamb. But I think today, that sacrifice looks like 0.6%. Here's why that 0.6% matters. Three reasons. First is... In a life of faith, I believe that there is an ordering of priorities as we believe and develop ourselves into disciples to follow God. It brings us closer to each other. It brings us closer to inner peace, some weeks better than others. If we worship in this heartbeat of our community, this is the first beat in our time of the week. If we are preparing for the week's work and errands and school and assignments and grocery runs and meal prep, what if the first hour or close to it of the first day of your week, what if this was the first heartbeat that sent you out? What if you came here to be reminded where life comes from, where love comes from, where we can sacrifice 0.6% of our time to grow in peace and grace and love so we can order the rest of our week together. A second reason for worshiping together is that 
you believe that you are not perfect. Right? Right? There are a million reasons you could be in this sanctuary. It may be a habit you can't seem to break. It may be a habit you are trying to form. It may be that you're looking for answers. It may be that you're looking for grace. It may be that you're looking for peace or an interaction with God. It may be that you're looking for community. But whatever the reason, the critical fact is that you are present because there is potential for a life change. The expectation is that when you pray something, when you sing something, when you read something, you will experience something worshiping together that you might not could experience on your own. And that God might just change something within you. Third, you being here is not just about ordering your time and then believing that God might change you. Dr. Wallace Horton, who wrote Windows on Worship, says this. He says that our hour of worship here is a testimony of a beacon in a dark world that says Jesus is Lord. Being here is a beacon to a dark world that says to that world, Jesus is Lord. I could read you statistics about depression, isolation, feelings stemming from lack of purpose, or feelings um, that lack feeling peace or being centered, feelings of being too busy, feelings of overcommitment, feelings of hopelessness. And those statistics probably wouldn't shock you, but of course they might surprise you. The world tells us that when things are tough and happiness is fleeting, that life has to be hard. There is a glorification of busy as a status symbol. And for 0.6% of your time, you get to shine a beacon into a dark world as you come into this space. Whether your beacon is shining bright and light or you are barely holding on to the glow of that ember of hope, you come here believing that God can still change lives. Because you know, you've seen that God has changed something in your life. You know that if God has done it once, God will do it again. By goodness, if God freed God's people once, God will do it again. This hour reminds us of that. Goodness, if, if God parted impossible waters, God will do it again. This time reminds us of that. If, if God led God's people through the desert by cloud and by fire, ooh, God's going to do it again. This time reminds us of that. If God showed up through a normal, scared, poor teenage girl and 
bent powers of power-hungry and well-to-do and legalistic rulers, ooh, God's going to do it again. And this time, this hour, is going to remind us of that. If God showed us what feels impossible is actually possible, ooh, God's going to do it again. This hour reminds us of that. If God beat the drudge of death, once and for all, ooh, God's going to do it again, and God's going to remind us of that. The world desperately needs to know that hope is alive and hope is happening. And this world desperately needs to know there is something countercultural and impossible that we choose to devote 0.6% of our annual time to. So thank you. For your testimony of 0.6% this week, for your testimony to the world as you walked in these doors, as Rachel Held Evans said, that God is still breathing. Thank you for your 0.6% this week that you have ordered the rest of your life around. Through your body and your presence here in this hour, you are proclaiming to the world and all creation that God is not done yet. Thank you for your 0.6% this week because the world needs to believe that change is possible and hope is still here. Thank you for your 0.6% this week because God is not done. Thank you for your 0.6% this week. See you next Sunday. Amen. Exhausted from and let's go home. <laughs> Welcome to the table. Pastor Molly and Pastor Hollis have told us very wisely that this is not Ridgewood Baptist Church's table. It is Jesus Christ's table, and he honors us that he has allowed us to be here. And it's all-inclusive in that all of us are going to be accepted by him who love him. So this table is open to anyone who can say, Jesus is my Christ. Now, before